Virtually any time there's a discussion about healthy child rearing these days, digital technology will, almost by necessity, be a part of that discussion. Not discussing a wise and intentional digital protocol for kids would be on par with past generations not discussing the best options for their child's nutritional needs or diapering options, potty training, elementary and higher education, or even using the family car. The difference, though, is that all of these other parenting concerns from our past only affected our kids for limited periods of time or in specific seasons of their lives. But digital technology and how we use it is different because, not unlike moral or spiritual pursuits, digital technology can affect our kids every waking hour of every day and not just through their childhood years, but for the rest of their adult lives. Today, a look at how our so-called connected world has made us all the more disconnected. This is Licensed to Parent. Well, hi there, and thank you for joining us today on Licensed to Parent. Give me just a second while I silence my digital technology. Got that? Okay. Well, if this is not your first time to join us on Licensed to Parent, you've no doubt noticed that there is a recurring theme here in our visits each week, and that is that, well, there are so many ways of raising teenagers, and they can all be challenging more and more, but it's the intrusion of the Internet's always open sign and the fact that the average home of Americans has 11 computers, smartphones, or other digital devices, according to a December 2019 article in Variety magazine. And that is the real challenge for parents. And Trace, uh, it seems just so strange that in a time when we appear to be more digitally connected with others than in any other time in history, we have never felt more disconnected and more lonely. And loneliness is a real issue in the teen population today, isn't it? Absolutely, Rich. Uh, but I think adults are definitely feeling it too. Um, I remember hearing Ravi Zacharias say something that I often repeat on this broadcast because it's so true. And I see it in so many of the kids coming to Shepherd's Hill and in our society at large. He said the loneliest time in a person's life is when they've just accomplished what they thought would bring them the ultimate and it's let them down. Too many of today's kids have been given virtually everything an adult person could ever possibly want or crave. They've seen it all, heard it all, tasted, touched, and smelled it all. They've virtually done it all. What they haven't experienced in actuality, the internet and video games have allowed them to experience virtually. They've become eye slaves to pleasure, excitement, amusement, and endless knowledge around the clock. And now they've become bored with it, insatiable, actually. They're chasing the genie, just like any, any other addict. And, and by the way, all this writing we're seeing these days... Is, is the logical outworking of a generation of entitled and overly stimulated, spoiled brats who've now grown up into overly stimulated, spoiled adults who've never been required to control their emotions or their carnal appetites when they were kids. These anarchists are actually having fun burning cities down and causing chaos and pain. For them, it's a control rush. And like any naive parent dealing with their small child's temper tantrums, we're dumb enough to give them the control. Right now, our left-wing city governments are emblematic of overly permissive parents. We know it's corruption, actually. There's an election in November. But these rioters have now discovered something beyond screens and keyboards to satisfy their emptiness, regardless of how logically incongruent or criminal it actually is. Blowing up stuff in a video game is one thing, but blowing up real stuff is really a rush for these entitled products of permissive parenting. 
So our Trump-hating local governments are giving them the same thing that their screens and keyboards are giving them. And what is that? No actual consequences. Every night, just like in their video games, they can cause havoc until it's bedtime. And then they hit the hay, they wake up at noon, and then, you know, another reboot while mom cooks them a gluten-free brunch with the kombucha juice that they've demanded on the side. And then mom washes their clothes, makes their beds, and sends them off with a kiss before she rushes off to her evening job to help pay for the lifestyle that her, her little snowflakes are used to. And so they go out and do it all again and again with no consequences. These adult spoiled brats, Rich, are now playing real-life video games. Only the victims aren't virtual. They're actual. They're real. And too many of these actual victims are the actual hardworking, business-owning, tax-paying, and level-headed people who will now have to spend actual time, pay actual money to clean up actual debris, trying to actually rebuild the actual disaster that a bunch of actual thugs bestowed upon them with no actual consequences for doing it. And if you parents out there think that the abuse of digital technology and this November's election didn't actually have a huge role in orchestrating this anarchist debacle, you are virtually living in Oz. Mm. Well, I can tell this is uh, something that you're passionate about, Mr. Oh, it's a sore spot, big time, big, big I know. time. Well, uh, just for you, our, our listener, if you're just joining us, our goal here is not just to sound an alarm. What we want to do is see what can be done and what needs to be done to help restore sanity in our families and in our communities and to bring up our kids to be change agents for Christ in our culture, building that culture up rather than tearing it down. And to help us do that today, we've invited uh, Tom Kirsting back to join us. Tom is one of the most sought-after experts in the field of mental health and families and parenting in the digital age and the overuse of digital devices uh, he is an author and a regular guest on radio and television programs, including this one. Uh, he calls it like he sees it. He's very passionate about helping families just like you are, Trace, uh, whether they're families in crisis or just out of sync, I would say. Uh, Tom holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from St. Thomas Aquinas College. He's got a master's degree in counseling and human development and a second master's in administration and supervision, both from Montclair State University and a Ph.D. in clinical hypnotherapy from Kona University. Uh, Tom's a former semi-pro baseball player. He's an avid golfer. Uh, in fact, I believe he's joining us from a golf course today. <laughs> he is by cell phone, and so I asked if he was hunkering down in his bunker. He said, no, I'm outside. I think he's on the back nine. But uh, very, very definitely dedicated to fitness, so he's probably going to tell us there is a real world outside, and we should probably turn off our tech for a while and go outside and enjoy it. Uh, Tom, by the way, has written a book on the subject we're discussing today. It's called Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from the Harmful Effects of Digital Dependency. Well, Tom, welcome back to Licensed the Parent, brother. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And are you on the back nine? Uh, I am about to putt for birdie uh, on the 10th hole. Um, so I figured I'd just pull aside and then do this radio show. Now, we're not going out until uh, about 12 o'clock. I'm away for the weekend, oh. 25th anniversary of a golf guys weekend that we've been doing for 25 years in the middle of Pennsylvania. Wow. Well, well, if you get that birdie, be sure to tweet it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Thank you. We'll be here all week. <laughs> Listen, I, I know I went off on a bit of a rant, but we you know we saw this coming. We warned people that you know these, their kids are going to grow up and turn into adults and 
It's not going to be so cute anymore. Uh, but do you see any connection between a generation of kids who grew up with computers growing out of their ears and the cognitive dissonance or the narcissism and the hypocrisy that we're seeing in the adult temper tantrums and violence that's taken place in, in American cities today? Any connection at all? Uh, you know, it's, um, it's amazing you guys brought that up because I've been writing about that. I haven't put it out anywhere. But, you know, when you look at, at these rioting, anarchist, building-burning thugs that are out there, they're young 20-something-year-olds for the most part. They right. grew up immersed in social media. And think about social media for a moment, right? So all day long, our brains are being bombarded with garbage, okay? Right. Violence, anger, and so forth. And all of these people who don't like themselves are marinating in this, right? So they're, they're, they're in a way, filling themselves up with this rage, right? right. And, they're, exactly. and they're consuming this stuff constantly all day long. And they actually feel like they're a part of something when they could, you know, shoot out their vitriol through social media. And now we're seeing it really manifest outside of that. And they're getting some physical exercise for once in their life. Is, is, <laughs> and that, uh, that's helping probably uh, the, the good feeling that they have burning things down. Uh, people are going to argue, though, that there wasn't digital technology in the equation when people were writing in the 1960s. So how can guys like, you know, you and me beef about digital technology being an accelerant for today's riots? Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, we had these things going on in the 60s. I think it's, it's I mean, I, I wasn't even born yet in the 60s, but, you know, from what I, I know, <laughs> what we have, you know, today is completely different, you know, and we, this, it's, you know, it's like city to city to city to city. One thing I do want to touch on, if you guys don't mind, something that really, that really stuck sure. out with me when you were talking about loneliness earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. I, I talk about that in my book. The second, uh, the very end of the book is a whole chapter on mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. And I, with my clients in my private practice, I go over this. I, I explain to them, I say, there's a, what's the difference between loneliness and aloneness, okay? Mm-hmm. And Good here's question. the difference. Loneliness is an emptiness, okay? Loneliness is, I don't really like myself. I don't have a great relationship with myself. Aloneness is, wow. I, I, I enjoy my alone time. I have a very strong relationship with myself. And the only way you can have a strong relationship with self at a deeper, really spiritual level is to get to know yourself, understand your thoughts, go into prayer, whatever it might be. And, and that is what facilitates a healthy aloneness when you're by yourself. Now, the reason why so many people are lonely is because they've never done that because That's true. They're, they're distracted 24 hours a day, every spare free second is now occupied by a phone, a video game system, a TV, or what have you. So I want people to really realize that. Yeah. Well, you know, today's kids, they're like monkeys on a vine. They don't turn loose of one pleasure until they got uh, another one in their hands. So there's no margin in their life to really uh, contemplate deeply uh, about anything. Uh, much less prayer. So, uh, and, and something, by the way, that you were just talking about, Tom, you're talking about the being alone. Um, I mean, that, that comes right from Scripture, too. God tells us to, you know, be still and know that I am God. And, and we're listening for the still, quiet voice. You can't do that when you're bombarded by, by sounds and distractions all exactly. day. Exactly, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah. But, you know, I would answer that, that argument about the 1960s with, you know, no digital technology. There, look, there's no excuse for their methods even back then because they were, they were smoking dope, too. They were having sex and, you know, illicit sex and things like that and the rock and roll and all that, which they, the hippies said, that's we're going to use those things to, to change the culture and, you know, mission accomplished. But at least they had a point. I mean, they, they, there was systemic racism back then. We did have a, an unjust war in Vietnam, but they didn't hate America like the kids are uh, today. Their arguments were legitimate and they had logical and statistical congruence to them. Uh, They didn't have social media, however, to try to organize cognitive dissonance. 
and by the way, where do you see these kids protesting the, the, the year of war in Afghanistan? They were going, you know, they're not talking about that. They're probably on the, on the other side of the fence on that whole thing. But why is the proliferation of, of digital technology, particularly in the lives of, of our kids, formative years, uh, you know, what's it done to their critical thinking skills? Yeah, well, look at it like this, right? right? So if you're spending eight, think of 1960s, people weren't spending eight hours a day hypnotized in a screen where they were gathering their information, right? We didn't have that back then. So basically your only experience as a human being is what you saw with your eyes open and who you communicated with, maybe read the paper and so forth. But, you know, the problem is, you know, with with the mind absorbing, you know, all of this stuff all day long, um, they're not here, Okay, uh, and not just the anarchists, but just pretty much every teenager or right. you know middle school age kid and adult for that matter. They are not present. They are not here. They're not making choices with their own minds based on their own experiences. In, in other words, as Nietzsche said, they're th- they're being thought instead of thinking. They're being thought, meaning their thoughts are being controlled mm. for them, and they don't know that's happening. Well, they're being ta- they're they're being taught what to think, not how to think. And also yep. their, their choices of, of even where they're getting information, it's more a matter of which is the shiniest thing to click on mm-hmm. um, on their computers or smartphones genera- as opposed to making a choice, I'm now going to do this, I'm now going to do that. And a generation like that is ripe, uh, just absolutely ready to be overtaken by you know, some rogue ideology. Well, I'm almost ashamed to ask this question, but my experience tells me it's a legitimate question. Uh, why should parents be so concerned about their child's critical thinking skills, especially if junior seems to fit in well and, and get along with others? Well, you know, they, they should be concerned because, you know, critical thinking isn't something that's being, that, that's being driven, wedged into your mind from a computer. Critical thinking is standing outside, looking at the mountains, looking at the weather, you know, using your own sources to figure out what's your reality and what's not. Um, and, and our kids are losing that. And furthermore, aside from all the stuff being put into their minds, you know, the very fact that they're spending you know, more waking hours per week than any other activity, including sleep, immersed in this hypnotic trance, you know, they're, not, they're not developing the ability to utilize their own mind correctly. Their mind is being used for them. And that's parents mm-hmm. should 100% be worried about that because you know, a reflection of that is all of this stuff we're seeing in our society right now, the anger. Think about how many people are so angry. What right. are you angry about? You know, people don't reflect and say, you know what? Let me have an attitude of gratitude here. You know, I'm alive. I live in the best country in the world. I have sneakers on my feet. I have running water in my, in my kitchen. You know, and everybody's so angry about what. Yeah. They, don't, they can't answer that question because it's being done for them. Yeah. And I think parents are a lot, uh, they're, they're afraid of their, their children uh, if they acquire too much th- critical thinking skills that it's going to uh, lead to conflict. And we're so afraid of conflict today. Um, but all it's funny because as afraid of we are uh, of conflict, it breeds more conflict. And you're seeing these 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 peacekeeping people uh, who should be peacemaking uh, just kicking the can down the road, and it ends up in the kind of stuff that we're seeing today. You know, these kids getting no consequences. Uh, I say kids; these are adults. Uh, they should be anyway. They're getting no consequences for this, and they're getting uh, almost rewarded for it. Would, would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's a negative reinforcement type of reward system, but there's no consequences for their actions. I mean, you look at that couple 
you know, that guarded their own property. I forget what, what state they were in, Missouri, maybe? Yeah, Missouri, you know, Missouri, when the, yeah. Yeah, when the rioters, you know, they broke in, they broke, they entered private property in a gated community, broke down the person's fence to their private property, a mob of them, and threatened to burn their house down and kill them, right? And yeah, there's right. no consequences for their behaviors. And some of them were carrying AK-47s. But the property owners who, who, who executed their Second Amendment rights and did nothing wrong, they're the ones that are being charged. Think about that. Yeah. Well, again, I think we're becoming more like China. And, and what I think is happening is – I could be wrong with this, and maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist for bringing it up – but uh, there's a lot of people who agree with me that there are a lot of people in the media and in high places that realize that China with their population and all that stuff and the, and the momentum they have with their economy and whatnot, uh, they're going to they're gonna run us over. And, uh, you know, the NBA has already tipped their hand with, with, with some of that, that they've got uh, to appease these guys. Uh, and um, they want to be sitting in a, in a good spot. That's why all the virtue signaling is going on. So that when, when the, the takeover finally happens, that, uh, you know, uh, they're not going to get persecuted or sent off to some camp someplace. Let me jump in here real quick because we do need to take a break on behalf of our stations. But our guest today on Licensed to Parent is mental health, family, and parenting expert Tom Kirsting. He's author of a book we're discussing called Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from the Harmful Effects of device dependency and that's available wherever you buy your books you can learn more about tom's work on his website tomkirsting.com kirsting is spelled k-e-r-s-t-i-n-g tomkirsting.com this is licensed to parent we'll be back with more conversation in just a moment in today's digital age there's more access than ever to digital devices with technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of e-books, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org.
You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And incidentally, uh, if you go there, you will also find archives of all of our past conversations that we've had on Licensed to Parent, including those that we've had with today's guest, Tom Kirsting. Uh, Tom is a repeat offender on the program. He's been on before, and he's here today talking about his book, Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from the Harmful Effects of Digital Dependency. Trace? Tom, can you talk about the results we've seen when large school districts uh, on both coasts went to a paradigm shift that demanded their students do all their work digitally? How'd that work out? Well, in my new book, by the way, which just released nationally, I have a whole new chapter because it's the second edition about computer-based learning. So when it first you know, came on the scene, this whole idea of computers in the classroom, the one-to-one initiative where kids are getting their own computers, it was supposed to be the greatest transformation in education where it was going to make kids brighter and smarter and so forth. So I did some deep digging on the topic of uh, computer-based learning. And uh, all of the research shows that Computers, you know, one-to-one initiatives that school districts are using, every kid gets a computer and relying heavily on computers in the classroom, what they predicted was going to happen was actually the reverse. And what they predicted was that it was going to be transformative. Kids were going to get be smarter. They were going to have so much more access to learning and so forth. And what actually happened is that test scores and learning has decreased since we've become more heavily reliant on, on computers and, and, and that form of learning. There you go. You know, in light of the abundance of information on the Internet, uh, there's obviously a, a lot of knowledge that's simply false, uh, whether by mistake or through malicious lies and whatnot. Did George Bernard Shaw have a point when he said, that, beware of false knowledge, it's more dangerous than ignorance? I think he did, for sure. I mean, you know, we don't know. I mean, social media is sort of like the, the tailpipe of the mainstream media. Where mm-hmm. all of their content is funneled, all of their you know all of their clips from all the TV and, ra- and sh- radio shows and everything else, and then all the active participants in social media, right? So we they don't know what we're what we're reading and what we're exposed to. There's no fact checking behind any of it, and right. you know and beware of that is absolutely correct because you may be forming opinions and decisions based on something that's not real. Yeah. Uh, how has some of this false knowledge that kids are receiving on the internet affected the parent-child relationship today in terms of like religion and values and history and statistics and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, you see a lot of parents, I'm 48, right? So I come from a totally different generation. Had dinner every night together at 6 p.m., sat around the table and had grace, right? Made our own decisions based on our our experiences, went to church every Sunday, right? Uh, And a lot of kids in today's generation that don't, you know, that didn't have the kind of childhood I had, um, they, 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 because they haven't had any of that, they're, again, they're forming their own opinions and their own beliefs based on information that might be fake, that might not be real. And it's affecting the parent-child relationship because, you know, if you have a parent that, you know, if you're a parent and you believe in one thing, you know, uh, and you're faithful and you go to church and so forth, then you have a kid that says, I'm an atheist. I mean, I've seen that a million times. My yep. father who's a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he had a great quote he used to say all the time. He would say, there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Right. Yep. You know, and um, yeah, and so that's so it is affecting you know the relationship between parent and child. And that's why parents, but more importantly, is that parents need to be there in the household with their kids because parents are spending just just as much time on computers and stuff as kids are, roughly eight hours a day. So mm-hmm. our our children need us to be there with them. They need us to be in, interacting with them. We can't have families just sitting under the same roof like strangers. 
sit staring at screens. That's what we've become as a nation. And that's probably the biggest, the biggest problem between a parent and child relationship. Mm. Yeah. Smartphones are a real sore spot with me. Uh, arguably the biggest reason parents don't want their kids to be without one is because they don't want their kids ostracized. Nobody wants their kids ostracized. Yet we, we don't want them corrupted either. But giving little Susie 24-7 access to her own smartphone is like bringing her to ostracization central 24-7 via social media. So it, it, it's a conundrum there. Mm-hmm. Do you know if, uh, if more kids are attempting suicide from the ostracization they're experiencing on social media or from the ostracization they're receiving from not having a smartphone? Yeah, well, it's the, the, definitely the first one. It's the ostracization from <laughs> yeah. having one. Basically, the suicide rate has skyrocketed since 2008 yeah. when the smartphones came out. And, uh, mm. and the age in which kids are taking their own lives is getting earlier and earlier. You hear stories of 10-year-olds taking their own lives. And that's because their they're very impressionable adolescent minds are just comparing oneself to everybody else. Every kid's yeah. posting things on social media. They feel left out. They feel like everybody else's life is better than theirs. And it's just this ongoing multiple hour a day um, concoction that is just ruining their mental health and, and leading to this problematic suicide rate that we have. Yeah. Trace and Tom, uh, I'd love it if we could wrap up today's program with some positive guidance of things that we need, need and can do actively mm-hmm. to maybe make a turn in this for the kids in our own homes. Absolutely. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, so we're going to lean on the parents right now because they're, they're, they're the most important component here, right? And I always have many different tips that I just kind of come off the top of my head. One thing I'm going to tell parents listening right now is get back to the dinner table, period. Because families nowadays, you know, in the past, you know, families had dinner together every night of the week. Now, most families don't have dinner together any nights of the week. Mm, And all of the research shows that families that have regular family dinners together, that that the kids in those families are less likely to have anxiety, less likely Mm -hmm. to have depression, more likely to do better at school, less likely to to, uh, engage in early sexual behavior. Um, So get around the dinner table. Number two, do not allow your kid to be to have a smartphone or any kind of electronic device in their bedroom. I was on Fox and Friends, and I made a comment. I said it shouldn't even be in the same... When they're, when they're on, on their computer doing schoolwork in their bedrooms, the phone shouldn't be in the same zip code, okay? Yeah. So we got to get those things out of the bedroom. Um, yeah. Get your kids involved doing things around the house. Let them be active participants. Help clean, the, you know, do the dishes, cook the meals, clean yeah. up, help around the house. All Are of the those team? little things. That the, the strategies are very simple. And by the way, we would also suggest that uh, doing homework in the bedroom, if it involves a computer, that too should come out of the bedroom. Yep. Uh, have a nook somewhere that's in a public space in the house 100%. so that your kids have some built-in accountability right there. You wouldn't give your kids the, uh, the carte blanche, uh, you know, keys to the uh, liquor cabinet. Uh, why in the world would you give right. them carte blanche access to one of these addictive adult toys? Well, Trace and Tom, I I am sorry, as I always am, that our time runs by so quickly, but we are out of time for today. So, uh, you know, thank you both for today's program. Our guest on Licensed to Parent has been mental health, family, and parenting expert Tom Kirsting. Uh, Tom is author of the book Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from the Harmful Effects of Device Dependency, uh, which is available wherever you buy your books. And you can learn more about Tom's work on his website, TomKirsting.com. And again, you spell Kirsting, K-E-R-S-T-I-N-G. That's TomKirsting.com. Tom, thanks so much for being on Licensed Parent again. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. 
And you can find us online at LicensedToParent.org. A reminder that Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. You can help the work here continue through your tax-deductible gift that will go to helping families who can't afford residential care get the help they so desperately need. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button at the top of the page. Again, LicensedToParent.org. And if you'd like to find out more about Shepherd's Hill Academy, go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.